You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. And a good nerve Shabbos. I'm Mashi Lipsker, delighted to be with you on this era of Shabbos, of Shabbos Shuva, or Shabbos Tshuva. This is the Shabbos between Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur. It's the Shabbos of the Aseris Yemei Tshuva, the ten special days that start with Rosh Hashanah, culminate with Yom Kippur, and it's a very, very powerful time. We spoke a lot about how the month of Elul is positive, powerful, where Hashem is so available, and how His 13 attributes of mercy are revealed, and how easy it is to come close. We have an additional gift during this time, Rosh Hashanah, the 10 days of Tshuva, Yom Kippur. We have a situation that is known as, that our prophets tell us, is Kiruv HaMo'ir El Hanitzutz. That the, during this time, the source of light comes close to the spark. Each one of us has a spark of Hashem within us. Each one of us carries a spark of God's essence. And when there's essence, there can be no difference. A little bit of essence, a lot of essence, it's essence. And at this time, the source of light, Hashem, comes close, comes so close to the spark. He's accessible. As the prophet tells us, reach out to God. Seek Him, dear Shu Hashem Behimotsai. Seek God when He is found. Kira Uhu Behiyoisai Koroiv. Call to Him when He is near. What does it mean that He's near? He's always near. But during this time, there's a closeness, a nearness, an availability, which is far beyond any other time. This is the time with a little bit more effort, we actually bond with Hashem in the most amazing way. He's not like a punishing king. He's like an expectant father. By that I mean he's yearning, he's watching, he's setting us up for success over and over again. For we are known as children to Hashem. And a father never gives up on his child. And there's an essential bond between father and child that no external behavior can ever interfere with. Each one of us has that. It may become covered over. But during this time, with a little bit of effort, we can achieve a tremendous, tremendous amount of things. In fact, the blowing of the shofar on Yom Kippur not very melodious, but it's a cry from the heart. It's a call. The tekiah is, Tate, Tate, Father, Father, save me. The shivorim is like moaning, ooh, 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 regret over having become estranged from our Father. And finally, there's the trua which is the broken sobbing, literally sobbing. And again, we call out to our Father. For each and every one of us, no matter who we are, is a child 
a child to Hashem. God loves us so much, and we love Him so much. But it becomes covered over because we're in a world where we see the material and not the spiritual. But when Rosh Hashanah comes, our pintalayid, our spark of Jewishness, our spark of holiness becomes revealed. And all it takes is a little bit of effort on our part with something called teshuva. And we'll explain more about that in greater detail. What is this word teshuva? And who are we? We are B'nai Malachim. If Hashem is our king and he's our father of Vinu Malkeinu, what does that make us? It makes us royals. And what is teshuva? It's becoming real, returning to who we really, really are in essence. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. We're back with you. I'm Mashi Lipsker. And we're talking about the incredible 10 days, beginning with Rosh Hashanah, culminating with Yom Kippur, which is a time of extreme closeness, where Ovinu Malkeinu is so accessible and close. It's the time when the source of light is close or comes close to the spark. Kiruv HaMo'er El Hanitzutz. And who is our father? Our father is a king, an almighty, all-powerful king who wants the very best for us. And during this time, it takes very little, but it takes something on our part to reveal who we really, really are. You know, we speak about truth. We speak about being real or living your truth. But there is only one truth. The truth is the truth. And we have three themes that this time is characterized by. And they're well known. Teshuva, Tefillah, Tzedakah. Translated as charity, uh, um, Teshuva, repentance, Tefillah, prayer, and Tzedakah, charity. But in truth, those are not the authentic Jewish translations. Teshuva really means coming back, coming back to who we really are, returning, revealing our inner spark. We don't have to make any great changes. Anyone who says, it's not really me, that Yiddishkeit doesn't appeal to me, no. We just need to reveal the essence of our soul. Our soul is a part of God, which yearns to be united with the source of light. So it's something called coming back to who you really are, which, of course, we need to say, well, how does one do that? Well, one of the ways is through tefillah, through prayer. Prayer in the word tefillah is not to beg, to beseech, to ask for what I need. Yes, it's part of it. But the word tefillah really means to connect, to unite, to join with Hashem. 
That's what we do when we pray. We are connecting with him. Does he need our prayers? That's a separate discussion. We need our prayers, not just to verbalize what we require, but indeed to recognize that Hashem can give it to us, to understand the words, the words of King David, the words of our sages, the words of the Torah that are all incorporated into prayer that explain who God is. It's an incredible, incredible journey of connection. And finally, the word tzedakah, which is translated as charity, but that's not what tzedakah means. Tzedek, justice, righteousness. What does that mean? That means that basically everything in life comes from Hashem. The money is not mine. Hashem decided to give it to me. I worked hard. Many people work hard and don't have the muzzle that I have. In order to be able to earn this, I have to have abilities. Who gave me my abilities? I didn't create myself, whether I'm charismatic or I'm verbally able, whether I have a good head, whether I have a talent. Who gave me those? They're from Hashem. And why did he give them to me in trust to give to others? No gift that he gave me is just for me. And money is the best example, which is why before we even start, minimum 10% doesn't belong to us. You don't want that money. That money burns a hole in my hand, a hole in my pocket. God forbid I don't want what doesn't belong to me. And the good news is that when we give it, incredible things happen. To us in return, there's no greater feeling than giving. Hashem could give us and give us and give us, and we could receive, receive, receive. It doesn't really fill you up. What fills us up is to give to others and make us realize that it is Hashem that is a partner and we're a partner with Him. And He set us up to be in a particular place and circumstance to be able to sustain others. Tzedakah is justice. It's doing what's right. In addition, it brings an incredible blessing to us from Hashem. There's something called Mida Keneged, Mida, measure for measure. And what is measure for measure? That what we do comes back to us. Let's look at it this way. Hashem is not beholden to us. Does he owe us? But he gives us and he gives us and he gives us. He gives us life, abilities. He gives us wherewithal. He gives us hope. He gives us money. He gives us nachas. He gives us health. Yes, many of us could use more. But he gives, and he gives us a new day, and he gives us a new year. So, too, we must give. We may think we're not beholden to others, but you know what? Hashem rewards. Hashem gives in a like manner, mida keneged mida. And the biggest thing that we get when we give is a feeling 
that cannot be bought, rented. It cannot be accessed except through giving. So we're talking about Teshuvah coming back to who we really are, revealing our essence, living our truth, living with joy, to feel a connecting to God through prayer, uniting with him, and Sadaka doing what is right. And it's amazing if you look at the word Teshuvah, you will find the five letters represent five incredible ways to do, to enhance our lives. And the story goes, the, the disciples of the Maggid of Mezrich heard him say a wonderful, wonderful Torah teaching. And he explained that tshuva must be v'shavto ad Hashem alikecho, return which literally means to the Lord your God. But he explained it, Vishavta, you must return till Havaya, till Hashem, the transcendent God, is Eloikecha, your imminent God. Return until God who is, was, and will be, and transcends everything infinite, omnipotent, omnipresent God becomes Elikim, has the same numerical value as Hateva nature, where it becomes your nature to live with God. We live in a physical world. Bereshis bara Elikim, in the beginning God created the world, with which name? With Teva, with nature. He created this nature. Eloikim. And that name of God, that divine power, continues to imbue us with energy, imbues everything, constantly recreates everything in this world. It's one of the names of God. But it shares a numerical value with the word Hateva, the nature, which means that natural life, as it were, normal human interaction, etc., is actually something which is godly. We don't see it. We get stuck in the material. And the tshuva, the reorientation at this time of the year has to be that we do such great tshuva till we actually have the transcendent God as our imminent God, our power, we recognize God in everything. So when the Holy Maggot of Mezrich said this teaching, his disciples were overawed. One of them, the Holy Reb Zusha of Anapoli said, I can't just do this tshuva. I'm going to break it down. Tshuva has five letters, and he broke it down using five concepts, each one expressed in a pasuk, in a passage from Torah. The first one, the tof, he took it from Devorim, the book of Deuteronomy. Tomim tihiyeh im Hashem Trust Hashem with simple faith. Trust Him. The shin, 
Shivisi Hashem Lenegdi Somid. I have placed Hashem before me at all times from Tehillim. Vov from Vayikra, from Chumash, from the book of Leviticus. And you shall love your neighbor, your fellow, as yourself. For the vase, he chose a posuk from Mishle, from Proverbs. Know him in all your ways. And finally, the hey, the last letter of the word teshuva, return. From the prophet Micha, walk humbly with God your God. Each letter represents a distinct path and approach to this labor of teshuva, of becoming who we really are. And the fifth Rebbe said they're all actualized through prayer. What does it mean to be whole, to be tomim with God your God? Sincere, faithful. It's an earnestness. It's something within your heart. We're told that's why Hashem loved Avraham. It says, we say about Avraham, Hashem, you found Avraham's heart faithful to you. That's not so simple. To be simple is not so simple. To be simple means to actually be earnest and not distracted, no matter what the distractions of the world are, to remain focused. So we look at the next one, which is, Shivisi Hashem, I've placed God before me. In the word Shivisi, there's the word Shaveh, equal. And basically, no matter what happens, every encounter, every predicament, and there are so many that people are going through, we realize Hashem Echad, God is one. We try and come to a place where we can actually not take it seriously whether we're praised or insulted and accept everything is from Hashem. It's a constant awareness that He's present and accepting everything as His divine will. At the same time, to be joyful to remember that the world was created from absolute nothingness by Hashem's infinite creative powers. So everything around us is really God. And instead of being distracted by worldly matters, by external things, we should actually try and identify the spiritual energy in everything that we encounter, the food, the clothing, the human human interactions, business, Everything is Bereshis Bora Elikim. And so I've always placed God before me means that I'm constantly aware so that I look for him everywhere. But right at the middle, right at the middle and crucial to success is the Ahafto Lareacha Love your fellow as yourself. And the question is, which is more important? Loving God? 
or loving your fellow. And Chassidim of the Altarebbe were once fabranging, discussing this. They were fabranging together, and what happened was that in their deep brotherly conversations, one person raised his cup and said, Brethren, bless me that I should have true love for a fellow. I should have true Avas Yisrael. And they blessed him. And another one stood up and said, Bless me that I should have true, true Avas Hashem, true love of God. And of course. But then the discussion ensued. What's more important? Love of a fellow or love of God? And eventually they had the opportunity to ask the Rebbe. And he said, Loving one's fellow is more important because when you love what the beloved loves, that's truly loving the beloved. And if people are pleased with us, Hashem is pleased with us. Loving someone else is the medium through which we attain love of God. And that kind of teshuva is, it comes from a good heart, seeing positivity in the other seeing the opportunity to help someone else as the key to everything. Can't resist telling that story of the Alter Rebbe, the first Lubavitcher Rebbe, who was already in shul, Erev Yom Kippur, preparing for the holy day when he took off his talis and he walked to the far end of town to a poor cottage where there lay a young woman and her newborn baby. And he proceeded to chop wood, to build a fire to warm the house, made soup for the mother, and only when he was sure that she had everything she needed did he go back to shul. Loving another in such a a manner enables a love for Hashem. If we want to open our hearts to receiving, to feeling the love that we innately have for God because we are a part of God, how do you nurture that? by loving another in the way that they need. Don't you think the Alter Rebbe could have told his his son to tell his wife to tell the maid? He went and did it himself. What a preparation for Yom Kippur. Mm-hmm. Number four, the Beit of Teshuva. In all your ways shall you know him. That's training ourselves to see divine providence. Hashkocha protis. When we're out in the world, a businessman has so many opportunities to see godliness, the hand of God in everything. We need to train ourselves, and we will see divine providence in everything. When we do what God needs, we're more able to access that divine providence and see it. We do what he needs, he'll give us what we need. And finally, number five, walk modestly with God your God. Your Yiddishkeit and mine, it's between us and God. If we have positive abilities, he gave them to us. They're gifts. We shouldn't be flaunting them. The Baal Shem Tov, and before the time of the Baal Shem Tov, they belong to a society of secret tzaddikim, tzaddikim nistorim. These righteous men lived amongst the simple folk. 
amongst the common folk. Why? Because they wanted to help them better themselves, to observe Torah and mitzvahs better. We shouldn't be proud of our prayers or our Torah studies. These are gifts. If we can study, it's a gift. But we must make an effort to use all these abilities to live them, but not flaunt them. Walk humbly and consciously with the fact that Hashem has given you, has given me my abilities, and let's use them for the reasons that he gave them to us. We'll be right back after this short break. You're listening to Conversations with Mashi only on 101.9 High FM. A good Nerev Shabbos, a good Yor, a May we be inscribed and sealed. Not inscribed and sealed, sealed and finally sealed for a good and sweet year. So it is the time when the spark is so close because the source of light comes close to the spark and the spark can't help but respond. We all feel something a little different at this time. And the question is, where do we start? We did mention that the middle letter of the word teshuva could stand for We want to feel God. Let's feel the plight of someone else. And to do that takes a good heart. And we all have a good heart. We don't have to travel far to learn about it. We just have to do it. Let's share this story. And it's a story of a philanthropist who traveled from overseas to visit the Rebbe. And he said to the Rebbe, I came here to look for some Yiddishkeit, some Judaism. And the Rebbe said, you didn't have to come all the way here for that. You only had to look deep inside your own heart. Our hearts, our souls are intact. The inspiration we're seeking is already within us. Because it's only when it's personal, only when it's meaningful to us, that it will take root. Yes, we can get inspiration from the outside, but we also have inspiration on the inside. For each one of us carries so very much. There's a beautiful story that I cannot help but share at this time of year when we speak about prayer. And it's a story that is not that well known. The story is that it was in 1950, which means the year that the previous Rebbe had passed away, and our Rebbe had not yet taken the mantle of leadership, but his greatness was already perceived by so many And there was a man who came to pray in the synagogue at 770 Eastern Parkway, the shul, the the house of prayer of the previous Rebbe and our Rebbe, and he brought his six-year-old son with him. The mincha prayer, the afternoon prayer, was about to begin, and the young boy was looking for a siddur, a prayer book. The prayers had already started, and he still didn't have one. Making his way back toward his father, he saw another man inviting him to come over and share his siddur. Well, the man was none other than the Rebbe, 
or at that time he was known as the Ramash, the initials of his name. So the little boy sits down next to the Ramash, and together they begin to pray from the same cedar. The Chsidim were a little uncomfortable. They felt it was not, uh, it was a bit degrading for the Rebbe to share a sitter to pray together with a little boy. So they began to motion to the little boy, he should go back to his father. The boy looked bewildered. And when the Ramash, when the Rebbe realized what was happening, he looked at these well-meaning Chsidim and he said, what do you want from him? My prayers are proceeding very nicely when he prays with me. If only we could pray with the innocence of a child. If only we could pray and connect with Hashem with the sincerity, the pure-heartedness, the absolute tmimus, the tomim, the tmimus of a little child. It's not beneath us. It's within us. We are the children of Hashem. And that's what it takes. It takes for us to cry out, Father, Father. It wasn't beneath the Rebbe. We need to know that we are powerful. Just who we are can change things. Just the way we look. Let's share this story. From the 1940s and onwards... Chabad student volunteers began to travel across America. My father of blessed memory was one of them. They traveled looking for other Jews living in remote towns, on farms, Jews who were isolated from Jewish life. And sometimes their work bore immediate fruit, and sometimes they had little success or maybe no apparent success at all. So the story takes place that in the summer of 1955, a group of students was about to embark on what's called Merkes Schliches, a summer's journey across America. And before they left, the Rebbe shared the following story. He said, in a small town in America, a Jew looked out of his window and saw a yeshiva student passing by. The young man had a beard and a yarmulke, and he was wearing tzitzit. He was wearing fringes. And he noticed this young man, this Jew that was looking out of his window. And he asked, where's that young man from? Is he from Poland, Galicia, the Ukraine? No, he was told this. he's from Boston. And the man said, what, a Bostonian with a beard and, and side locks, payas and tzitzis? The Rebbe continued, the yeshiva student walking on his way was unaware of the impact he made on the man at the window. The man became aroused, inspired to explore his heritage. He began, he began by keeping kosher. And little by little, he began to do more and more mitzvahs. Let's remember, I'm adding that, that one mitzvah leads to another. It gives you an appetite. It wakes up your soul. It makes you feel alive. And you want more. The Rebbe continued, to this very day, that student has no idea what he accomplished. And then the Rebbe said, one of the highest forms of tzedakah 
is when neither the giver nor the receiver knows of the identity of the other. So this was an act of spiritual charity at its best. The student had no idea whom he had influenced. The man had no idea who had influenced him. It was divine providence, I'm saying that. But the Rebbe said, there's no telling just how far-reaching the effect will be and how it will impact the man, the man's children, his grandchildren, until the end of time. And he said to them, in the course of your mission, you will teach the Jews whom you meet. But beyond that, you may achieve wonders by your mere presence alone. Let's think, wherever we go, know that God has put us there. It's divine providence. And let's be all that we can be for our children to see. Please, God, for their children to be nurtured through those initial actions and seeds that we plant. We may never be fully aware of the impact of our actions. Of course not. But Hashem gives us gifts and he sets us up for success. And we need to know that life is for living. We must fill every moment with positivity and goodness. You never know. Let me tell you another story. This story is very, very moving. Because it tells us we don't really know the greatness of another individual. And it's a story of someone who came to the Rebbe to ask for a blessing for a cousin of his who unfortunately had a dreaded disease. The cousin had been diagnosed, and the Rebbe said, our sages teach that a person's physical state can be affected by their spiritual condition. Tell me, tell me about your cousin's level of observance. Well, the man said she's not observant. Then, said the Rebbe, encourage her to take a mitzvah upon herself. Can you suggest, for example, that she starts lighting Shabbos candles every Friday? Friday night, Friday evening? Oh, the man replied, I believe she already lights Shabbos candles. And as if the Rebbe was personally offended, he exclaimed, Then how can you say she isn't observant? Let's remember that the deeper meaning of the word mitzvah is not command, but connection. And if we can do one more mitzvah, we connect. And if we can get someone else to do one more mitzvah, we are a catalyst for them connecting. Let's remember that each one of us carries a spark of godliness, a divine spark. And when we meet someone, we must respect that divine spark. I'll share one more story, and then one more, and then wish you a good year. A story of the Rebbe. What do you do? The Rebbe asked the young man who'd come to see him. And the Rebbe said, the student said, I'm at university. I'm a student. I'm studying for a master's degree in education. That's special, said the Rebbe. I, too, attended university some years ago. The young man was quite surprised, and he asked, And what did you study? Theology? No, 
I studied electrical engineering, said the Rebbe with a smile. He said, but I prefer to turn the lights on in people's souls. And then the Rebbe said, you see, every human being has a soul, a divine spark that burns inside of them. Sometimes a person moves away from their inner light. It might even seem that the light of their soul has been snuffed out. But the soul is like what we call in America a pilot light. It never goes out completely. All it needs is for someone to fan the embers with love until their spiritual fire burns bright again. The soul of man is the flame of God. We have to show that respect to others and to ourselves. We have to know what we're doing in this world. We're a part of God on a godly mission. And to get close to God, we've got to get close to one another. We've got to see to the needs of the others who by divine providence have been put into our space. And we need to do it all with tremendous joy. And we'll end with this story from the Rebbe. It was again a private audience that a chosid had with the Rebbe. And in that audience, the chosid was expressing negativity, pessimism about his future. The Rebbe stood up. And he took a volume of the Holy Zohar from the shelf, put it in front of the Chosid, and it was open to the following passage. Ta Chazi, come and observe. Our world is always ready to receive the spiritual flow that emanates from above. The upper world provides in accordance with the state from below. If the state from below is joyous, then correspondingly, abundance flows from above. However, if the state below is one of sadness, then correspondingly, the flow of blessings is restricted. Therefore, said the Rebbe, serve God with joy, because human joy and optimism draws a correspondingly, draws a corresponding joy from above. May we be blessed. Heaven and earth are in constant communication. May we become aware of this. May it inspire our prayers on Yom Kippur, that we reveal our godly spark, our inner spark, and may our sparks join, illuminate our space, our communities, the world around us, and may we merit the ultimate light of Mashiach. Good Shabbos, and please God, a good... Gebenched Jor, Agmarsimateva, Lishonateva, Umesuka.